2: welcome everyone to daily distraction here on fightful.com i am jeremy lambert joined as always by my co-host joe holbert joe it's been a WWE countered us again last night
3: yeah quiet news round this morning right nothing big going on in the world nothing big going on in wrestling either really nice just have a peaceful session of writing (laughs) no distractions at all other than our own um yeah this this new this cycle's never ending jeremy we're just gonna keep waking up to more chaos this seems to be the way it is now i
2: like since wrestling is still running shows like my mondays wednesdays and fridays are still busy like i still have to watch these shows and and do news articles and stuff on them so i basically get and even with with impact still running shows like now i have to do like more impact stuff because it's like nobody else is running stuff like do do something on sammy callahan being the hacker and it's like we would never do this under normal circumstances who cares about (laughs) solomon Crow's return um so like Thursday is like the one night where I'm just like all right there's no like taped shows live shows whatever I can chill I tried to watch John Wick chapter 2 last night and all of a sudden I get these messages like Roman's out of WrestleMania I'm just like oh my god like are you kidding me like can we have just one peaceful
3: night around here Yeah I mean I don't want to make this like a rift rest- The truth is this is bigger than wrestling obviously both of us very much are on Roman's side here in this decision obviously but it must be said that the one match that everyone kept explaining had to happen, at all costs, we had to do Roman and Goldberg because we don't want to have months for Goldberg as champ with no match. And then here we are. I assume Goldberg beats the replacement. I don't know if that's an outshot, so I'll leave it as just the replacement. Um, so in the end, this has to be delayed anyway, this match. So you've ended up with a card that isn't WrestleMania, but yeah. I mean, we've discussed this at time, but this has to be covered in its own way because Roman being off the show is just it. It kind of symbolizes the whole thing, really. Right? It's just a mess at this point.
2: Yeah, and typically on these daily distraction shows, we 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 try to separate from the actual news of what's going on, but Roman being off of WrestleMania is kind of too big to like we can't put that off until next thursday and set a clock set a timer for five minutes and, and do that <laughs> um so yeah roman's off of wrestlemania it was announced last night the the story is there's multiple stories going around i i don't know if he pulled himself because miz was sick i don't know if the usos were upset that miz was sick and so roll like that upset roman or if wwe pulled them because i i don't know who pulled who what happened all we really know is roman's off the show they have a replacement for goldberg a a rumored replacement we're not going to say it on this show um but they, Mm -hmm. they apparently have some sort of replacement to face goldberg and the the real crux of this is that we all know roman went through uh leukemia last year the end of 2018 start of 2019 And his immune system, his immune system is is compromised. And my wife is immunocompromised as well. Like I understand all the precautions you need to take in this, especially like you got to take precautions just normal everyday life. These times, you really got to take these precautions. So like I completely understand uh, his decision to be pulled out of the show. If it was a WWE decision, like why wasn't this decision made? long ago and i think this is my and i think yours as well the argument we've been making for weeks now is like wwe just they want to just push forward push forward push forward and all the evidence was like hey this is really bad and it's getting worse by the day so maybe have a backup plan here and they're just like nope we're gonna do mania like we're, we're just gonna do it as scheduled
3: it's t- I mean, I think you were kind of ahead of the curve in the sense of, like, I think sometimes we're too in the wrestling bubble and are just like, okay, so who's the replacement for this? What are we doing with this? So where are we holding it now? And it's like, you were pretty quick to point out, hey, look, these sports leagues are closing down for a reason. Like, the wrestlers are not they're not immune to this either. We should probably just shut down all operations, right? And this, you know, this, both of the major leagues in, in America are, like, just running shows and <laughs> There is a reason they're on, on an island here. There's a reason they're alone. Everyone else is shut down. So that kind of speaks to this. You're right in the sense that with Roman, a probably a decision should have been made. But I don't know. I don't know how their their process is going here. I'd imagine it's so chaotic that, like, they just it all gets lost in the in the mess, if that makes sense. Like, they probably wasn't thinking. I mean, they're still plotting, like, a ton of matches. And it's, it's just insane. It's an insane... Sp- the fact that this news broke after the, someone out there who replaces Roman could be the champ right now. Like, that that's weird in itself. That's That highlights how insane this is because it's still, like, nine days away. So, I don't know, Jeremy. You're probably ahead of the curve saying that this none of this should be happening. We should probably currently be talking about, like, old matches and, like, wonder when wrestling will be back. But that is not what's going on. Wrestling is is, is stealing the headlines in the worst way. They, they didn't even have, like, any foresight. Like, they were
2: so hell-bent on... We're just gonna keep doing these live shows at the performance center. Like they just started taping stuff this past week, and by that point, it had already been a week of, of these performance center shows, and there was no evidence that it was gonna get any better. In fact, all the evidence was that it was continuing to get worse. Like Roman and Goldberg were on the show last Friday, wasn't? It? I think that was yeah. that, that was a live show. Why didn't you tape the match then? It, instead, I, I just I don't. They had no foresight for any of this stuff.
3: I mean, you're different. So the first Empty Arena show was... Two weeks ago. Yeah, that Friday, right? Yeah. SmackDown? Yes. You're probably right in saying that that weekend, they probably should have done as much TV as they could, and then the following week done WrestleMania. And then they know they have that much go from there. But I just think... I think probably ignorance and naivety was just like, well, you never know, right? Like, I don't know, man. I don't know what the the news kind of um, representation was over there, but here, like it was similar. Like some people were kind of, there was still show events being booked and being like, well, we never quite know. And it's like, we've got a good feeling. I think we could figure it out by now. So I'm with you. They had a lot of time, especially with the Goldberg thing. Like why they couldn't have taken that At the very least on the weekend after SmackDown is odd. Right. But I don't know. Here we are. Someone out there has just wrestled Bill Goldberg and I hope it <laughs> went safely for them. <laughs> uh
2: i i mean in aew is in a similar position they're like we're just gonna keep running these live shows every yeah. week it's like tape tape all of this kind because of, you don't know look we don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow at this point yeah. like to try to predict two three four day a week from now you don't know if a venue was just gonna be like yeah we're not having like we're not putting our venue at risk at this point like we don't want anybody in our venue you don't know who is you know Trump could shut the entire United States down he's not going to do that but he you know he could government officials are continuing to issue stay-at-home orders and everything like you knew maybe and maybe they didn't know and if they didn't know yeah. this again just speaks to just how silly they are and, and how just egotistical honestly they are of just up oh, shows gotta go on like whatever we're immune to all of this like we can just keep running our shows
3: i just i think there was probably i mean look, we all know the decision falls on one man's shoulders at the end of the day right that's who made the decision there's no point pretending it wasn't him it was him who made the decision but i think there was probably a feeling of and it's we do need to see I think it's fair to assume that after WrestleMania, surely that week is the last week. I've got to believe it at this point. They, they've apparently kind of they've up.
2: apparently already taped the raw after WrestleMania. Yeah, I have... yeah, but
3: like after that block, if that makes sense, I feel like yeah. they've got to go into some kind of hiatus. But uh, if so, I would I'd imagine the idea was let's just wrap up these this stuff. If it makes any sense, it's, it's craziness. I understand, but. You're right in saying that if that was the idea, we could have acted a lot quicker here, right? Like, we didn't have to wait a whole extra week and tape it this week. It could have been done. We all could have been in the can, but I don't know, man. This. Um, I think the next week, there's going to be more and more story, crazy stories coming out, and it's just going to make WrestleMania even more bizarre watching it.
2: America not acting quickly when it comes to the pandemic. That's shocking news, given how we, have as a country, have handled this entire situation and I'm not going to get political, but you can see all the facts for yourself. Everybody, it has not been good. Um, the, and you're right. Like it falls on one man. I I can't stand the people who are like these wrestlers have a decision. Like, you know, if they didn't want to work these shows, they didn't have to, they could have revolted or unionized. And then they would have been forced to cancel. It's like, this is the business. If, if uh the miz or john morrison or or kofi kingston like if kofi kingston's like yeah i don't think i'm gonna work this match yeah like kofi is like his spot is gone like so many of these guys like their spot is is gone you hear them talk about that all the time when they get injured like shit i gotta protect this injury because if i'm out for four months i don't know where i'll be in like if you say i'm not working this show you don't know where that's gonna put you
3: after that so it i mean the thing is it's like the truth is, in them they could be sincere as imaginable when they tell you it won't matter and it may never have mattered, but the the wrestler will never believe that. Right. They'll never believe that. And that's just and everyone knows that, right? Like that's just the way it is, especially at this time of WWE calendar. They just they're not gonna willingly opt out of major mania matches. Even if there's no fans in attendance, it's still WrestleMania, they're not wanna give up that spot. So you're right, it shouldn't be in their hands. Um but I'd also think, you know, what you're saying there, like you mentioned AEW and it's like they're just kind of, like, just floating along here doing weekly shows. And I don't know when – I think they taped some stuff this week. I don't know if they've changed their system a little bit. Um, but there's really no need for them to be running either, right? Like, no. we've mentioned that before. So, it's, it's just – um we're there's a reason wrestling is the outlier – Obviously the UFC is doing their weird like one fight vendetta thing where he's just chasing. <laughs> yeah. They're so hell
2: on doing Ferguson and gamedov that they're yeah. just like, look, like nothing is stopped We've had wire cables stop us. We we've had all the. the I, I think somebody got sick one time. They're like, no, doesn't matter. Yeah. An asteroid can hit the Earth tomorrow. Don't care. Habib and Tony are fighting
3: exactly yeah so i think there's a reason that outside of that exception WWE is basically on its own here um and i think that's going to become more and more obvious the reason for that over the next week i don't know if this is the end of the big news i would assume it's it's not not. i I really would assume (laughs) that we're in for a very hectic few days to be honest i will be
2: so happy when just wrestlemania is over honestly i will be and usually i'm i'm very happy when wrestlemania is over because things do start to die down like the the news wrestlemania week is nuts because everyone's gathered in one place there's there's so Mm -hmm. much content there's so many shows running but like that's fun it's fun to just sit there and watch all these like indie shows all day like this is just complete nonsense right now and just look shut it down everybody just shut it down like no it's not the wrestlers decision it's the decision of the two people running the companies they can take it out like the wrestlers look like the bad guy i mean they don't but in some instances like they might like, like, yeah. like that's exactly. how they're painted like oh you pulled out a me like this person didn't pull out like it shouldn't be up to them it one person has the power to to shut all this down and they're they're not doing it though those one or two people so yeah
3: <sighs> We that's will see it. what that's happens. That's all you can say about it, right? At this point, that's just all you can say about it. It's it's um it's very pro wrestling, really. That's all you can describe it as. That that's that's honestly that's the easiest way to put
2: it is it's pro wrestling and Yeah. That that encompasses so much. Like that can explain yes. anything wacky, anything that you don't like, anything you do like, you just say,
3: Eh, it's pro wrestling. Yeah. And in this case it works perfectly. Yeah.
2: We're gonna move on to our our March Madness tournament, which has uh, been dominating these daily distraction shows. Round two has has wrapped up. We're on to the Sweet Sixteen. So we're gonna look back at round two. We're going to look ahead at the Sweet Sixteen. And Joe, we're gonna start in the Raw division here. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see the graphic on the screen. Right now, so we have the raw division. We had. I'm just gonna quickly run through the the second round and give some numbers, and then we'll kind of talk about what we thought of yes. the, the second round. So Brock Lesnar defeats Andrade, sixty five percent to thirty four percent. Kevin Owens, the four seed, defeats Randy Orton, the five seed, sixty seven to thirty two. AJ Styles, a six over three, I guess an upset, sixty one to thirty nine. Drew McIntyre narrowly. Just narrowly squeaks by Alistair Black, 51.5% to 48.5%. Joe, what are your thoughts on the how the second round played out here?
3: Just another shining example of my <laughs> immense perception of the fans and what they like and dislike because I'm pretty sure I framed three of these matchups as being very close, hard to pick um, battles. And then my caption for Alistair to Black Drew McIntyre was Lock of the Region, <laughs> which came out I believe at 51 to 49 in Drew's favour. So clearly I'm still on the money in that sense. Um not any huge surprises outside of that, like just how close Black and Drew was. But Brock is doing super good here, right? It's very interesting how well Brock's doing.
2: He's had he's had some good matchups, I will say. Like Rowan. That that was never going to be anything. No yeah. offense, no offense to Andrade. Like I do think people like him, but he was off television for a month. He is positioned as just kind of like a mid card guy. So mm-hmm. Brock's had some some good matchups. Now he he takes on Owens, and and that's a Owens has a lot of support. This will be this will be a tough one for Brock and and AJ and Drew. I would have thought Drew would take this maybe not easily but i would have thought he would have taken this uh before the voting i could not believe alistair black got nearly half the vote i i have nothing against alistair black i thought drew was just on such a roll that it, it really wouldn't matter and he nearly lost to a guy who hey alistair black's great but alistair black just hasn't really done a whole lot outside of squash people
3: yeah, I mean, we have nothing against Alexa Black. We just wanted Bobby Lashley to defeat him in the first <laughs> round. Uh, we're obviously way off in that regard. I think we both think he's cool and all. I just don't think. I don't know. Perhaps because we've seen like his NXT stuff, which I'm not saying it's better or worse. Before anyone gets mad at it. I'm just saying because we've seen a lot of him at this point. Maybe the Raw stuff isn't as impressive to us as it is the general fan. Maybe yeah. I have no. That's just a guess. Like you know, the squashes here. I guess they're pretty cool, right? We may be taking them for granted because we've seen all that whole presentation but these two matchups are very cool i I think aj that seth win has me thinking that he's he's going to pass through here aj his promo work has certainly boosted him
2: i mean he doesn't have anything over the weekend that's going to you know no one on the raw side has anything that's going to like boost their stock unless it comes out that I, honestly, at this point, who knows? Anything could yep. come out, and, and it and it won't surprise me. Like if, if it comes out that Kevin Owens just also refused to work Mania, I don't know if that helps him or hurts him in this tournament at this point. But uh nothing, yeah. nothing would surprise me. I, I'm thinking we're getting AJ and Brock though in the the finals of of this bracket.
3: Hmm. That's interesting. Owens was impressed me with that autumn win. That was pretty wide in the end, right? I think yeah. it was. It was sixty seven to thirty two that surprised me so i think brock and owens will be close which means it'll be 90 to 10 brock um but i'm taking <laughs> AJ against Drew. <laughs> but yeah this this is these are some fun ones right fresh matchups unless i'm mistaken i assume they are i think i think i'm right in saying that um, fresh matchup. they
2: are yeah i don't remember a real brock and owens match and aj and drew probably mm. had a match at some point but i don't think it was anything you know important It was probably just some match on raw where they're like first time ever and then
3: yeah yeah well that's that's exciting at least we're bringing some fresh matches to the people right hey look we're doing something they haven't done in a long time (laughs) (laughs) wwe
2: is 100% gonna look at this and be like oh these are fresh matchups maybe they're gonna record them for their post mania shows uh, let's move on to the NXT bracket, which is now up on the screen for anyone watching. Adam Cole defeats Matt Riddle, sixty-three point seven percent to thirty-six point three percent. Keith Lee, the five seed, over Finn Balor, the four seed, sixty-four point seven percent to thirty-five point three percent. Velveteen Dream over Johnny Gargano, fifty-five point five to forty-four point five, and Tommaso Ciampa, sixty-four point nine, the two seed, over Roderick Strong, the seven seed. 25 or 74.9 to 25.1 wow. what stood out to you in this show
3: poor roddy man roddy got slaughtered by wow i mean i get I, I did say right that i think roddy had a better chance against gargano than he did champa yeah but based on this i don't think he was winning against either so um what stood out to me people still love adam cole i thought riddle was gonna go super far here and that was not the case so that was interesting
2: i definitely thought riddle would have gotten more of the vote i didn't know if adam cole was going to win i think we almost take adam cole for granted because yes he's been 100%. on top for so long that we're just like all right cool it's adam cole but i mean he's obviously really good like he hmm. is kind of a total package wrestler um but I, I I thought Riddle would get more of the vote as well. Um, Velveteen Dream over Gargano is a slight upset for me because I thought Dream had kind of cooled, but apparently not.
3: I think there's a lot of people that don't watch NXT every week, clearly. And <laughs> those people think Velveteen Dream is like one of the few things that they would enjoy in NXT. If that makes any sense whatsoever, I don't know, Jeremy. What I'm saying is there is a contingent of fans that find NXT to be super drier. And those fans absolutely love Velveteen Dream because he is the antithesis of that, right? While on the other hand, Johnny represents everything that people criticise about it. For better or worse, that's very unfair because Gargano's probably had like the five best matches in NXT history. (laughs) People don't care at this point. They're done with it. They've moved on. I probably would have voted for Johnny, to be honest. Um, But such is life. I understand. it. It didn't surprise me. It was relatively close too. So, yeah. So, the, the
2: Sweet 16 matchups for the NXT bracket. Adam Cole, Keith Lee, Velveteen Dream, Tommaso Ciampa. What are you thinking here?
3: Um, I think Adam Cole is making it to the uh, the, the Elite Eight here, I think, based on his showing here. I think you're going to get Ciampa and Cole, to be honest. Which is fitting. That's the top two guys in NXT, right? I don't know. I, Cole, I think Cole is going to make it based
2: on just how well he did against riddle i don't know if if riddle has more or less support than lee i feel like it's about equal maybe lee has a little bit more but because cole did so much better than riddle if that was closer then i would maybe lean a little more towards lee but because it wasn't that close i i think cole is taking it i think dream is going to upset champa and i don't know why
3: Wow. That's a big take. I don't know. It was too close Smith. because I think Chamber's more popular than Johnny and it was too close with Johnny for me to think that. But I've been incorrect in almost every one of my predictions so far, Jeremy, as the captions show. So maybe you're correct. We'll, I guess we'll find out.
2: Uh, we're going to move on to the, the SmackDown side. And this is the weird bracket here because of everything that's sort of happened over the past couple of days. And we have SmackDown tonight. Who knows how that's going to shift the momentum for these wrestlers but the bracket is up on the screen right now. I cannot wait for this uh this third round matchup that we're about to talk about. Second round, Roman Reigns the 1 seed defeats Sami Zayn the 9 seed 55 to to 45. Daniel Bryan, the 4 seed, easily handles Drew Gulak, the 12 seed, 92.1 to 7.9. The Fiend, the 3 seed, over the 11 seed, Sheamus, 69.9 to 3.1. And Kofi Kingston, 90% to over Elias, 10%. That was a 7-15 matchups. Not a whole lot of competition here on this SmackDown
3: bracket. No. I assume you're very excited for The Fiend versus Kofi Kingston, Yes, That's the one you really jazzed up (laughs)
2: for. 100% excited for The Fiend against Kofi Kingston.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. Roman and Brian is, I think, could be the decider between your eventual winners because I believe, Jeremy, I've been speaking to some people, some insiders, dare I say, who think when the stakes are higher, there is a Roman fan base that will come out to battle. And I'm very excited to see the votes just suddenly explode when we get deep in this. So... We might have to see him against Brian, because otherwise Brian's going past him. I think.
2: I was going. We talked last week, and we said, "What did Daniel Bryan have to do to essentially ruin his chances?" And we said, "Go after the AEW fan base, whatever." And it turned out like he did more to boost his, ch- like he was never losing to Drew like anyway, but Bree Bella comes out and is like, yeah, Brian had, is immunocompromised. And, you know, once he gets done with all this, he's going to have to come back and, and quarantine for two weeks. Uh, Cause we can't put our daughter and stuff at risk. And, and like just more support for Daniel Bryan, like, Oh, look at this man, like putting it out, like still wrestling and all this stuff, putting his health on the line, which isn't a good thing, by the way, Brian, don't wrestle if you don't feel you don't need to um yeah. but like it just supported him more but now you got roman and roman pulling out of this thing i don't know it's a that's a such a tough one to call
3: lots of march madness kind of back and forth going on here right a lot yeah. of different moves being made very interesting so i think Brian would, but if you was doing like overall odds here for who's left, Brian, I think is such a big favorite to win the whole tournament. It's actually kind of insane. He's gotten 90% in both
2: rounds.
3: (laughs) Exactly. So, but what I will say is Gulak stylistically was very similar to Daniel Bryan. If you like Drew Gulak, you probably love Daniel Bryan. And I don't mean that as an indictment of Drew in any way. It's just, he's Daniel Bryan, right? Roman may have a different audience. He may attract, I don't know. I have no clue clearly, but Perhaps this is uh this turns into a, a real close one, but based on what we've seen, I mean Roman was pretty tight with Sami Zayn. I think this is this looks like it's only going one way, right? Uh, it looks so at me. I, I like your point.
2: Like it's a completely different fan base of those who like Roman and who like Brian. You said something yeah. that Maybe you didn't mean to say it, but I picked up on it. You said if you like Drew Gulak, you love Daniel Bryan, so you're voting for Bryan over Gulak.
3: Like, you know, yeah, that was intended. Yeah, okay. I'm a feature man. i can't (laughs) give him a credit for my phrasing. Yeah, I think I tweeted it because it's true. I like Drew Gulak. I love Daniel Bryan. Like, it's the same skill set. Bryan's just Bryan. It's not a knock on Drew. Right. Just uh, it
2: is a completely different fan base with Roman. Uh, the Fiend over Sheamus was a little surprising to me. I Have we overstated like how cooled off the Fiend is? I didn't think he'd make it out of the first round, and here he is going in to, to face Kofi. I thought Kofi, once he got out of the first round and, and once Elias beat Goldberg, I didn't think Kofi Elias was going to be close, and it wasn't. Now I'm wondering if, if the Fiend might not beat Kofi here.
3: I think two things happen here. Me and you have both greatly overstated how much The Fiend has called off, as you mentioned. However, Jeremy, I do have to point the blame to you in one sense, that I think you greatly overstated also Seamus' social media pull to me. I didn't know what I was expecting. Um, Seamus has taken... The Fiend, sorry, has taken down the bar thus far, right? I mean, that's big time from, from The Fiend. So next up is Kofi Kingston. I think Kofi. But I don't know. It, look, let's be honest. Whoever it is who wins this matchup, Kofi and the Fiend, they're losing in the next round. <laughs> it's whoever makes it through Brian and Roven. So, you know, we're just getting seeing get another appearance here, another appearance for you is all their volume.
2: <laughs> I think Kofi. Co- um, I yeah, I'm with you that it's probably Brian or Daniel, whoever whoever comes out of that matchup. I do think Kofi <laughs> would stand a little bit of a chance there because people like Kofi people have a lot of support for for Kofi The Fiend I don't think has any chance against either of them even Roman like you can talk about the Roman backlash and stuff if you dislike Roman you probably dislike The Fiend as well and you probably just would rather go Roman
3: I think so look I have no issue with The Fiend Um, I've had to watch a ton of his segments over the last week so actually (laughs) I do have a massive issue with him but that's a different topic for another day but I think you'd be hard pressed to vote for him as a better performer over Roman than Daniel Bryan, to be honest. I mean, I don't want to be biased here, but it feels like it'd be a stretch. So Kofi against Roman could be interesting. But again, Bryan is in the front seat here. He's running it, I think, right now.
2: He is. He, he's that four seed who was just clearly a little bit underseeded, but got hot. Yeah. You know,
3: he didn't have the best
2: regular season, and so that's why. He is un- He's a little bit under but then he got hot at the end of the season, won his conference tournament, and it's like, that's the four seeds you got to look out for. And, exactly. I mean, that's where he's at right now
3: this next region has become very interesting <laughs> move on
2: to the women's region the bracket is now on the screen uh we almost it almost happened joe we'll, we'll talk about that in a second but becky lynch the one seed beats alexa bliss the eight seed, <laughs> 69.9 percent to 30.1 percent bailey squeaks out over Shayna baszler in a 5-4 matchup 52.5 or 52.2 percent to 47.8 percent sasha banks the sixth seed beats Rhea Ripley, the three seed, 60.4% to 39.6%. And Asuka, the seven seed, upsets Charlotte, the two seed, 66.4% to 33.6%. Joe, we were one matchup away from an all-horsewomen final, but it did not happen as Asuka takes down Charlotte. What would you make of the, the second round here?
3: I want some credit. I want some respect, not from you, Jeremy, just from the public in general. I want a trophy. I want a medal of some kind for doing the right thing. I stood down the troops And it showed in that Becky Bliss matchup. We did the right (laughs) thing collectively. So I'm very proud of myself in that regard. Bailey and Shayna being that close is hilarious to me for many reasons that I will not get into on the podcast. Asuka Banks, big time. That's a big time matchup. Becky's through. Okay, (laughs) Becky's through. That leaves you with who is she going to face here in the Elite Eight next round. So Banks, Asuka is going to be super close. They have huge support on the Twitter.
2: I I think it's going to be super close as well. Yeah, Bailey. The fact that Bailey barely got by Shayna doesn't bode well for her against Becky at all. Uh, but, you know, Asuka defeated Charlotte more than Sasha defeated Rhea. And Sasha, yeah. you know, Sasha had the tough matchup in the first round against Bianca, probably took a lot out of her. Going into the second round, may may still be tired. You know, Bianca and Rhea, they're good. They play like, they play the, the full court press. So, you yeah, know, they wear out the opponent. Um, yeah. and, and Asuka... She had a tough matchup against Charlotte, but got she's hot at the right time. And we talked about it last week. They didn't do Charlotte any favors running that Raw replay, running that WrestleMania no. match. No favors <laughs> at all because that just brought up the bad memories.
3: You know, I'm interested. Who would you actually take here as better overall performer, Banks or Asuka?
2: I would go Tom. I would go Sasha. And I love Ooh. Asuka. I a slight edge towards Sasha.
3: Do you, would you say that's because just just for the obvious reasons there there she'd be easier to build a division around, right? Like, look, we love the Oscar promos; they're tremendous. But there is only so many ways you can handle that character, right? Like, it's just in natural limitations. Nothing; it's not a reflection of her. It's just the way it is. Right. You one one of your kind of
2: caveats or requirements was, you know vote based on essentially who you would build around who you would build the division around Mm -hmm. and it'd be much easier for me to build around Sasha than it would be to build around Asuka not that like you said not that you can't build around Asuka it would just take a little bit more work
3: yeah I do what I will say is I, I you know there's a lot of names there's like a handful of names for the females that are always kind of grouped into this like they are the best in ring right I do think Asuka is the best female inside the ropes on this whole like Ross. I really do believe that. Because Sasha had some great matches, Charlotte has great matches, but Asuka's like execution in ring is to me is a little bit it's a cut above. But I just think, like we said, it's like there's there's a lot more you can do with Sasha just with the natural the obvious limitations to Asuka, right? We love listening to her shout around <laughs> and rave in Japanese, but it's just only some ways you can do that in a title programme, so Yeah, it is what it is. I agree. I think I'm with you.
2: So we that that's a tough matchup, Sasha and Oscar.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: A lot of good matchups here in the the Sweet 16, which is what you would expect by when you get to this point. So Joe will have those up on his Twitter. Everyone can follow him on Twitter at Joel Holbert Five. Um, they will be up, I assume, sometime this weekend. We will discuss the Sweet 16 and preview yeah. the Elite Eight on Monday. I believe is is going to be the plan.
3: Yeah, I might actually get them up tonight and then just have them up all weekend, so they're kind of there if want it wanted. So just so uh, give them as much time as possible to win or lose, you know. Yeah. Get as much time for the stand groups to come in, fight <laughs> my mentions. That'll be great fun. But yeah, you're right. Look, Banks, it's all about how much he's recovered from those two young guns facing young teams. A lot of energy out there, so it'll be interesting.
2: We're gonna move on to a a bit that I promised on yesterday's distraction. If you if you didn't listen. To yesterday's distraction, what's wrong with you? Go back, listen right now. What else are you doing? Yeah. Um, but we we talked about AEW Dynamite and specifically the Matt Hardy and Brody Lee segments. And Joe's big question was like, how how does a casual fan, how does like a non wrestling fan sort of view these segments? Because so, Matt Hardy is teleporting, he's doing his broken mat stuff uh, with with his accent and saying he's three thousand years old and everything. Brody lee is you know we got the vince mcmahon stuff but otherwise he's just kind of like a mob boss looking dude who has to eat first and doesn't like people sneezing around them so you know to us even to us like the vince mcmahon stuff was too much um but to just a regular viewer what did they think of this so i said i would ask my wife i said i would show her these segments and it see what she thought of them i will give you some background on my wife she's not completely blind when it comes to she's not completely blind but she's not completely blind <laughs> when it comes to uh wrestling she did watch with me for a good like year period from 2016 whatever mania uh dallas was all the way up to which i think was
3: 32 right yes the one yeah. that i said was good that is apparently the worst <laughs> mania ever is that one true me? Yeah. <laughs>
2: um yeah she she watched with me mania dallas to what was mania 30 oh that was roman and and triple h um no that what was 31 roman and or roman and brock
3: seth cash yeah
2: seth cash yeah yeah okay so she watched with me essentially from just i think SummerSlam after the mania 31 up until about mania orlando which was mania 33 and she would watch, like, kind of weekly. She would watch NXT. She would watch Raw, SmackDown, and the big pay-per-views. I, I think she skipped all the, the meaningless uh, stuff, but, but the big pay-per-views. So she knows, and most of those people are still around and headlining today. So she knows, uh, she knew Matt Hardy. She knew Brody Lee. So she wasn't completely blind in that aspect. She didn't know the the Vince McMahon joke. She She's not that inside. She literally Rightly only so. knows yeah. what she sees on TV. So... <laughs> okay. Got my notes here. Let me pull them out. Yeah, I touched the notes. This is the most professional bit we've ever done (laughs) on the distraction, folks. (laughs) Uh, Matt Hardy segment. She just started by laughing. She thought that Matt Hardy at the top of the arena doing his wacky little thing was just funny. So it was hilarious. She said, thought it was cool at first, the, the teleporting, the first time he teleported. Then it happened too much. So didn't like that they ran it into the ground. Okay. My favorite comment on this is, "Were they going to do that with people?" So that's a fair question. I feel like if yeah, they was, had been yeah. in the arena, like how would they have pulled off this teleportation bit?
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm laughing a lot at this analysis, but I'm also just chuckling. I'm just recalling the thing where like. As Matt moved, Jericho is also, like, jolting. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. It was, I want to make it clear that while I criticized it, I did find it hilarious, but I just thought for all the wrong reasons. Carry on. <laughs> so she wanted
2: to know, were they going to do this teleportation bit with people? Uh, by the time Matt got into the ring and started cutting his promo about he's 3,000 years old, she says, this is stupid. Please turn it off. So I did. Oh, wow. Um. And she noticed that there were no people, and she thought that added to the stupidity. She thought
3: they're yeah.
2: just talking to each other in the middle of the ring. That's really dumb.
3: Yeah, I understand. What I will say is she would hate the segments where they have microphones and they're talking to each other. Yeah. That's even weirder <laughs> like, like we, Yesterday, I think we were like, man, how cool is it when they're doing that? And I, I do think to a normal person, it's like, what is going on? There is no one watching these people. They're just talking to each other in the middle of a ring. So Yeah, I understand that. That makes a lot of sense.
2: So that, those were her comments on the the Matt Hardy segment. Joe, you asked for her comments on Brody Lee's gear, and she said, "Do his pants need to be longer?" So she thought they may have been a little too short. Yes. And yes. then she just said, "It's not very exciting. It's whatever."
3: That was oh it. wow! <laughs> okay, I mean, I I wanted more depth on the gear. I'm gonna be honest, because I, I was really pondering it a lot. I was I was thinking about it a lot because there's this like. I assume it's like the Exalted One logo on the back. It's like an eye, right? And I was kind of thinking, like, couldn't he just like? I don't want him to look like Luke Harper exactly, but he could look more like a wild man than he currently does. Like he's just got kind of just like generic gear, mate. It looks almost
2: like Bludgeon Brother. Like I look back in, at the Bludgeon Brothers gear, and it's just yes. like it's just weird stitching, and maybe it's a nod to that. I don't know,
3: but oh, I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. Like, have you listened to the the Jericho podcast? I... Is that a thing you?
2: Or Lee, Brody Lee? I've Yeah, I've listened to. I'm about halfway through because I've literally transcribed the entire first half of this interview, and I imagine I'm gonna have to transcribe the entire yeah. second half because he says a lot of stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm about halfway through through that interview.
3: How much trouble do you think this interview is gonna get you into with like headlines and people being like, "Man, this guy's bitter."
2: Oh, one hundred. I mean, I I posted the one of like Vince McMahon only saw me as a hillbilly who should do a, a southern accent, and like that's what he said. Like, what do you want me to headline with? Like, yeah, those are his literal tough.
3: words. Those podcasts are always like I haven't listened to it, and I will listen to it at some point. But they always are less. Other than the Ambrose one or Moxley one, which was super scathing, they're normally not as heavy-hitting as the headlines make it feel. Like, when you write it down, it just seems awful the, for a lot of time.
2: This one honestly was, though. Like, this was very wow. much like the Moxley interview of... It wasn't It wasn't going to touch the Moxley interview because he was a top no. guy who was just super frustrated and just want, wanted out. Uh, and just, you know, he, he went through way worse than what Luke Harper had to go through. Um but it, it was in the sense that, like, he really went behind the scenes of here was my meetings with Vince. Here's all the stuff that I pitched him. Like, I was just very frustrated that I couldn't do this. Like, I felt like they were burying me after I he, – he talked about, um you know, he, they screwed up the, uh, the spot with AJ where they were supposed to be both eliminated at the same time. And after that, like, he was just off television for months. He's like, yeah, yeah once I screwed up that spot, they were just done with me. And so <sighs> – he does talk, he does go a lot of behind the scenes and share like Vince McMahon stories. So, this is one where, again, not the Moxley interview, it is more like scathing than the, the, some of the sensationalized headlines will be with someone like the Jericho stuff. Jericho always says this stuff and the headlines are like super out there. And Jared, like at this point, Jericho's, just trolling and saying stuff and is good at making headlines yeah. Brody lee i think was very frustrated and and the headlines kind of will probably do that justice
3: i mean the other thing as well with the moxley one is like the dean ambrose character never used twitter and stuff right, right? like i think we all it's cool to have a podcast where he goes into detail but i don't i think we all had an idea of where Brody was with this stuff and what like what happened to him with moxley it was just like there was so much new stuff in that yeah. podcast <laughs> it was a total new world and um it's interesting. It's an interesting thing Jericho's kind of latching onto here of like just these like first take interviews after guys leave. It's it's a fascinating time in that sense because the Punk interview came a while after he had left, unless I'm mistaken. Like it was a while. Yeah, it was a in November there. and he
2: had left in January, I guess, because
3: Yeah. And that interview was like, wow, like it was it was such an insight. And now I guess, obviously it's not to that degree, but Jericho's had done like two of these kind of things, right? Like a post-mortem on a WWE run. It's weird.
2: Whenever uh, they do the revival interview, I'm sure that one will be pretty scathing
3: as well. You, you're right in that. I like... <laughs> Go ahead, Joe. People are gonna get super so upset about it, Jeremy. I might have to get <laughs> off the social media. I love the revival. I have no issue with them tweeting whatever they want about the place they work. Most of my friends tweet about their employer at these trying times. I understand, but people get they get very very mad, Jeremy. And when when you write that headline. <laughs> About something being said about them being southern, I'm gonna see some awful things on my feed. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: the final, the final segment I showed her was um, the 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 sit down with Brody Lee eating the yep. steak and not being happy with the sneezing. She said really bad acting. She oh. she did say that was once I explained the. Vince McMahon joke to her. Oh, she said she said, That's awesome, even though he sucked at it. This is the wow. this, Yes. That that's what she okay. said. Look, this is okay. her take. Don't yell at me. Okay. I'll move it. I'll move it. This is the line that's gonna pop you, Joe. She said she asked me point blank. She said, Do you know who would have been better at this? And I was like, No, who? And she goes, The glorious guy.
3: Oh, this is very good. <laughs> yeah, no, she's right, too. In fact, that's... Why? Yeah, 100%. That would be much better. Why did they not think about this? I, mean, <laughs> I know he's not on the roster for them, but this is a big This is big time for Vogue. This needs to be a new bit, I think. A weekly <laughs> bit. I don't know if she's willing to watch enough wrestling to make it a weekly bit, but I think it needs to become a weekly bit now. This is very good news for me.
2: I I mean... if. If it's only like a segment or two, I'm sure she, she wouldn't mind doing it. Honestly, she will probably watch it and she will give her take on it. And yeah, I when she said that uh, the glorious guy, she had to think about it a second. And she, she goes, glorious. And I was like, with Bobby Roode. And she's like, yeah, him. He would have been so much better at this. And I just start cracking up because I'm like, oh, my God, that's going to pop
3: Joe so much. See, when you're like Bobby Roode, Robert Rude, whichever one you call him, you are over forever. It doesn't change. You can lose to anyone in the mid-card. You'll always be over because you have that theme, right? It's the way it is. See, now, I do want to know, like, ahead. Like oh, see, here's
2: where, you know, she got out at the right time. Her familiarity with Bobby Roode is legitimately just NXT. Like, she yeah, doesn't champion. know what he did on the main roster and stuff. So, she still holds Bobby Roode in a, in a high esteem because of that.
3: Wow, boy, am I envious! Boy, <laughs> am I envious! I mean, that's very interesting. So, was Bobby Roode one of the favorites at the time for Mrs. Lambert, or is is not really? She she did
2: like Bobby Roode. She liked his theme. She liked his look. Yes. Um, Same. She she big New Day fan. Big 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 New Day. Fan. She's good. Yeah. She she did watch uh, Kofi's title win. With me last year because I I told her that Kofi's probably going to win the title, so she was very excited for that. Um, and and big Daniel Bryan fan. I think those are pretty much uh, her her favorites.
3: That's a good list. I mean, it's better than better than mine, right? (laughs) I mean, other we share Bobby Roode, but other than that, mine's much more kind of controversial. But this is very interesting. I do think that as wrestling fans, we become dead to bad acting, though, because like I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to say bad acting on this pod because like. I mean come on. There's no good acting, right? Randy Orton recently like started being able to act and I was like, oh my god, like what has he done? How can he do this acting thing? No one else has figured it out. So yeah, I'm I'm with her, but it's just hard for me to see it anymore. Yeah, we it
2: we totally have in that we're like, oh, this is like good by wrestling standards. But if you yeah, show this kind of acting to like people who are like film critics and stuff, they would be like, "This is just yeah. god awful."
3: Yeah, that's why I've always been surprised that like I agree, personality is what gets over with casual fans. I've always been surprised when people say like the skits and soap opera stuff does, because I just think people find it to be awful. I mean, I, that's my experience. I don't like, I don't know. Who, like, so for example, okay, The Rock at the absolute peak of his powers, coming out and kind of promo. I get why a normal person would be like, okay, The Rock is cool. But like a soap opera love triangle thing, Like, do they really enjoy that? Like, Do they really want that on a wrestling show? It's like it's badly acted, it's terribly made. It's just, I don't
2: know, it's weird. You weren't a fan of the uh, Triple H, Kurt Angle, and and Stephanie McMahon? I
3: actually think that's a good love triangle angle. I actually think that was very well done. But like some of the ones, we've seen some recently. I don't think there's casual fans flocking to it. Like, oh my God, I need to see what Lashley's going to do next. Like, I was I walking know. to see what Lana was gonna do
2: next because her promos <laughs> were amazing.
3: Yeah, they were going exactly as intended. She wasn't forgetting <laughs> anything. She was just, she was super on point, you know. And when she started getting things wrong, they certainly didn't keep sending her out there just to enjoy, themselves. <laughs> like entertain themselves. Right? No way. They would never do that.
2: Great time. I don't know how Lana didn't win best on promos for every single uh,
3: publication out there. Cause by I... the way, I love that we was like. As going be hard to build around like she's a lock to win that award this year, you know that, right? Like she's an absolute lock to win best <laughs> on interview. Like I remember true. seeing them seeing the poll for that, and by the way, the observer awards are awesome, no issue with them, people are voting, there's no like corruption to it, it's a like a group of people voting, cool. But it'll always make me chuckle when it's like number six, Tech United, and I'm like, Come on, man, like <laughs> <laughs> really? Like I know he has a cool slogan and stuff, but good lord, this is <laughs> it's a different ballgame. That's why we were talking about Seth yesterday, it's like can you judge Seth as a normal promo when he has to cut ten-minute promos every single week? It's a different ball game. But none that, I digress. Anyway, back to the. Uh, I would like more layers in future, Jeremy. If you can get me more information on the attire, I just feel there's more to discuss there. I'm still not sure if it's good or bad, but I'm glad that her take was just it's it's meh, right? It's it's fine. So yeah. I guess I'm, I'm I'm out of line there. I guess. I, she's used to like, <laughs> we watch Project Runway and
2: and like RuPaul's Drag Race and stuff so it's a lot of like over the top like very high detailed kind of stuff and so something like this is the problem with the kind of wrestling costumes as well most of them are when you compare them to that kind of stuff the same with the acting it's like it's just kind of blah like there's there's really nothing to it
3: my thing is always like i can't believe we're in this much of this conversation about attire, but i'm interested (laughs) and i'm gonna keep going down this road so like my thing is always like does it fit a guy Like, look, I understand why Harper wanted more layers to Luke Harper character, but you must say, if nothing else, that attire was, like, the perfect – for what they were trying to do with him when he was, like, a wild man. Right. It was great. And maybe it just preconditioned me to what I thought he'd like here, and I just – it caught me off guard. That's all. The Bludgeon Brothers thing was weird. I I hear there's a lot of fun Bludgeon Brothers stuff in the podcast, so that's another thing to look out for, I guess. There is.
2: He tells a story of how Vince McMahon approved the gear while they were getting – Or while he was getting his calf massaged, which is hilarious. And it's a mallet, not a sledgehammer, because only one man can call it a sledgehammer, so it's got to be a mallet.
3: Um, We need to do a full daily episode on the fact that Triple H uses a sledgehammer and it's accepted as part of pro wrestling. We need a full (laughs) episode. The most insane thing in pro wrestling that is just accepted as normal at this point. An incredible piece of the industry, that is. (laughs) An actual sledgehammer, Jeremy. And and we just accept that he, he has enough respect for his opponent that he'll, like, hook it with his hand to make it more safe for them. Incredible. I love <laughs> Instead me, of just I'm swinging it like, like you're yes. supposed
2: to, to bash their head in.
3: I, I think there's, like, a couple examples where they use, like, a gimmick one, and he did it like like the, like an actual sledgehammer. Like, he was actually trying to kill someone. Right. I mean, he did it to Kevin Nash, perhaps. But for the rest of the time, he just had enough respect, enough of a heart in him to just... <laughs> You know, look, I wouldn't use a sledgehammer. It's not getting carried away here. I'm going to hook it <laughs> with my, my left hand. Look, I'm Gold Day on that. All kind of west, wrestling weaponry is hilarious to me, but the sledgehammer is all-timer. All-timer. I'm fine with a, a wrestling weapon
2: and how they use it and how they could use it Uh, podcast because I, I'm in agreeance with it. If you're trying to hurt this man, use the weapon properly. Like, what are you doing? Yes. Like, when, when Triple H had the uh, the pliers and he's going to rip out the, the nose ring of Batista, all right, that was a cool spot. But if you've
3: got the pliers, like, plunge it in his eye or something if you want to hurt this man. <laughs> all this stuff, it always reminds me. Do you remember when Ace and H were running wild? No, and, um, no, dude. <laughs> no, okay, got, I'm going to have to go on a tangent here. So Gallows was brought into the Ace and H, and he was called, he was called Doc, and I can't remember what it stood for. Director of Carnage or something like that. And his weapon of choice was he had a ball hammer. And there was one time he just stood over Sting and was just, like, hitting him in the back with a hammer for, like, five minutes. And they were like, my God, someone's stopping. I was just thinking, man, like, he's, there's a lot of class in that guy not to just do, like, a, a real fatal shot here. But he's still violent enough to hit the man with it for five straight minutes. So, yeah, there's a lot to it. I also love, like, the modern wrestling thing, which I'm totally on board with. No chair shots to the head, obviously. But I love the rest of the thing of like a guy comes in with a chair and you just turn around and I'm like, okay, right in the center of the spine. There you go. Jericho did an amazing one on AEW this week. He just turned around and was like, okay, there you go. He's wonderful.
2: Uh, that is going to, to wrap it up for us today, folks. We will be back on Monday. No weekend shows um, unless we get really bored. Um, we'll be back on Monday talking more of the WWE March Madness tournament. I'm sure... Something crazy is going to happen before then. Uh, they're going to cancel the Boneyard match. They're going to turn Goldberg and, and his opponent. His opponent's going to end up being um, I, I, Hulk Hogan, and it's going to be a sixty-minute Iron Man match. These are just my predictions. I, I don't have wow. any spoilers, but yeah. Look, Hogan well, we wants no to, Hogan evil. wants to work. Yeah. Oh, I ju- I thought of it, Joe. I got it. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> Hogan yeah. wants to work Mania. It's in Florida. He yeah. got he's got to get that win back against Goldberg, new WWE champion Hulk Hogan.
3: That I mean that makes a lot of sense for everyone involved, I think, because he I think he still owed a win by Goldberg, right? Exactly. I think Wow, it ticks all the boxes for Hulk. It ticks all the boxes for him. It it's tics, very interesting. It ticks all
2: the boxes for everyone. They get the title on someone who's actually older than than Goldberg, which is which is a big sticking point, I feel like. Um hogan who's had more wrestlemania success than hogan who's a bigger draw than hogan you know they want to boost these ratings and stuff why not bring it back to the man the the ratings
3: king hulk hogan wrestlemania 36 where it all begins again again yeah that's the slogan too big to begin
2: again in one night i don't
3: know yes (laughs) yes yeah definitely these um that's the best idea I've seen yet, I must say. I've seen Thanks. some some wacky ones, some cool guy ones, but that one is more kind of, feels more grounded. And that's what I like about it, generally. I like <laughs> that it's grounded in realism. That's what I like. And that isn't even sarcasm at this point. It really <laughs> is. Uh,
2: again, we'll be back on Monday. You can check out our usual Thursday show, 7 p.m. every Thursday on Fightful.com. Subscribe to Fightful Select. Joe, what features do you have in the works? Maybe. <laughs>
3: I I mean, this morning, so many Roman Reigns drafts were finally destroyed. Not destroyed, just saved for next year's WrestleMania, I assume. It's been very sad, Jeremy. I mean, I I don't want to sit here and make everyone feel sorry for me, but there are some features coming. There's a Drew McIntyre feature out. There's a Rhea Ripley one coming, a Bray Wyatt one coming. The rest is a mystery to me and you (laughs) because there's a lot of stuff that's been written that may never see the light of day. So we'll just see how the news round uh, takes, me. On Monday or Tuesday, we are going to talk to
2: Joe about how this whole thing has just screwed up his feature process yeah. because uh, we've talked off air about it. And I find this stuff fascinating and hopefully people <laughs> can enjoy the, the insight of, look, WWE is, is screwing us over, which I'm pretty sure is just their plan at this point. We've talked about it for weeks. their Their whole goal is just to counter program us. We're such a threat that they're like, how do we shut these guys down? Honestly, shutting their we, own event down, they're worried about shutting us down.
3: They're not my main target anymore. It's Woj. Woj talking pro wrestling oh. on his podcast? That's disgusting. That's disgusting. I don't accept that. Who else? Who else do we have to program,
2: Joe? We're programming WWE. We're now programming Woj. Like, who else?
3: I don't know. I'm just waiting for ESPN to start running our March Madness results at the bottom of the screen. <laughs> you know, like, at this point, at this point, I just think that like, our whole act is being stolen from. It's, t- it's terrible time, but you know, we stay strong. We continue to talk about wrestling weaponry and attires and we'll be fine, I think, because no one can take that from us. I don't know anyone can talk in that level of depth about sledgehammers and stuff. <laughs> Everyone, follow Joe on Twitter at Joe JoeHobard5.
2: The polls will be up this weekend. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeremy Lambert 88 and we'll be back on Monday.